Hi, everybody. This is Jeffrey Short reporting from Market Scale Sports and Entertainment. It is the peak of baseball season in America again, but for the first time, the national pastime is heading across the pond to London, England for a series of games, regular season games, between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. All of the logistical challenges that come with that are extremely exciting, both from a sports and business perspective. And to get some thoughts on what goes into pulling off an event like this, we have Dr. Pam Wojner, who's an assistant teaching professor at the Northeastern University Masters of Sports Leadership Program. We're delighted to have her here today. Pam, how are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, Thank thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to get your perspective on this because it's, uh, as a baseball fan, I'm very just interested to see how these events go and all the logistics behind them. So um, you've spent time in athletic departments. You've been an AD, in fact, at the university level. So if you were sort of organizing an event like this, what would be kind of the biggest challenge uh, facing you or what would be maybe something keeping you up at night that is concerning you? Uh, keeping me up at night would probably be everything until the game, till the first pitch. <laughs> um, basically, you're you're moving to a completely different country for the first time ever. So you want to draw in your fans. You want to make sure you have a fan base. Their mainstays are soccer and cricket. So you're bringing in an American sport. And um, the first initial concern would be, will you have a fan base? And in this case, you pick a rivalry to start it off, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Most people know about that rivalry and if they follow sports at all. And you sell the tickets early. I think they opened them up in like December. And from what I read, they sold out really fast. So you now that you've got that out of the way, so you're going to have a fan base. And now you're trying to convert a stadium that's used to soccer and make it a baseball stadium. So it's a case of bringing in the key people, your play, you know, players. So you'll probably take a representative from the players union because you can't bring all the players in and your owners of the two teams and, you know, your grounds crew and the people from the London side. And you, you have to have everybody in there and find out what the needs are. You know, you need medical, you need concession stuff. What, how is that going to be run? all the little things. Are you going to have VIPs there? Um, you're going to, more than likely, people who played for the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to want to come to a game like this. So are, is there going to be spe something special for them? What? Who are we going to honor? So you have all those different components and you have to break them down and, and find each group's area, you know, the area of expertise for each group. Like don't have your player people worry so much about the field. Trust your field people tell them what you need, and then they're going to get it done. And as long as you have those key people doing their jobs, you can make it work. It's just you got to keep your open lines of communications throughout and have your check-ins and all of that until the first pitch. And then you might breathe aside the sigh of relief. <laughs> Only then <laughs> may you. Yes. Might. Yeah. Possibly more than the big sigh of relief is going to come when the game's over. Because e even once you have the first pitch, is it going to rain? You know, because it's they're not playing a rain out. If there mm -hmm. is a rain delay or anything, it, they're just there for those two days, right. you know. So from what I understand, it's a Red Sox home series. So the game would be playing played in Boston later on if it's rained out. Right. And so 
I'm just wondering from maybe a business perspective or a marketing perspective for the Red Sox, Yankees, MLB, the Red Sox are giving up to Fenway home games to do this. And so how do you think they're going to measure success? I mean, obviously they're getting a new untapped market. You'd think the people in the stadium, the ratings, all of that. But how do they really you know, weigh the cost-benefit analysis, I guess, of, of losing those two home games in the middle of their season against an arch rival uh, to go abroad? Uh, I think one measure is the fact that they, the tickets that were available, I think they did like somewhere around 70% for the Europe base and they sold out really fast. Like, I think it was less than an hour or something like that. So one right there, you're like, okay, we have a fan base that's local. That's key. So now you're trying to market to them because, you know, Brits are different than Americans and they want different things. They're not all about the, you know, hot dogs and Cracker Jack and, you know, America's pastime. That's not them. So you find that mix. And then it's also the the concessions, the um, T-shirts. You start having, you know, a lot of people in Europe wearing, you know, more people because there are some already who do it, wearing Red Sox gear, wearing Yankees gear. Um, That's, you, and you you know you start selling more online that type of thing that's gonna tell it and then from a major league baseball standpoint if you can spread beyond I mean they've played games in Mexico they've you know they've played games in other countries if you could spread to Europe now you have an even bigger component and you're getting more and more people not only interested in the game but playing the game because kids in Europe are it's more soccer and cricket you know, I mean, my family lived in Europe when we were younger for a little while, and my older brother played cricket. <laughs> he came he came back to the United States. He played baseball. Yeah. So, so you're attracting new fans. And I think it's not something that, you know, what's the ROI? What's your return of investment right away? I don't know that it's something that that can, is just going to be measured then. From a business standpoint, to me, if you're a smart smart business leader, you're measuring this over five years, Mm. you know, three, five years. What's the constant return on investment? If five years from now, you're still getting T-shirt orders and stuff from overseas, I think that speaks for itself. Definitely. And I agree that this is really a long-term investment uh, and we're really only at the beginning of it. Um, And we've seen other leagues, like you mentioned, that have gone over uh, pretty successfully. The NFL definitely has supplanted itself in London pretty successfully. And um, MLB, you mentioned how they played in uh, Mexico and they've played in Japan. Do you think any of that experience from a league's perspective of having successful events in Japan um, or Mexico translates into this new continent, new venue, or is it really you know, a new stadium? You got to start from scratch. Oh, I think it translates because number one, you got you always have to remember an event is an event. So first and foremost, you have what's the event? It's a baseball game. So if you keep it at brass tacks, that's what you're looking at. Then you factor in all the other aspects. Like I said, the stadium, you, you got to make it a baseball stadium and you got to make sure you have the dugouts, you know, and you your locker rooms. What do baseball players expect for a locker room versus what soccer players or, you know, each sport has certain expectations so you have to make sure you have those expectations where you can um the differences are you know the japanese culture versus the british culture versus the american culture and if you're trying to sell an american sport 
like you would to Americans over in Japan or over in England, chances are you're not going to have the greatest success. You may be successful, but not as successful as you could be. So that's when you have to take the local market and see, okay, what are their expectations? Because you're going to have local people there. And, you know, if they don't subsist in London on hot dogs right. and you know what like we do if you you don't go to a game in america and not have a hot dog you don't go to a game at fenway and not have a fenway right. frank like that's the allure so you have to know what's that allure and that's where you're connecting with the people on the ground who are there you know if you're an outsider coming in to host a game there you you can't expect to do all the things you did in america over in Europe. Right. And, and how do you think they'll go about that? Who do you think they'll consult with to get that genuine feel? And how challenging is that? Um, it, can, it can be challenging, but if you, I mean, I would assume they'd contact the people at the venue and that's who they would work with. And just as you leave the grounds crew to do their area of expertise, you talk to the people at the venue and they say, you know, here are the four you know, types of food that they expect to have here. Here are the types of beer. And then the people from Major League Baseball and the Red Sox and the Yankees are saying, here's what we expect. Because, I mean, you could even say what you find at Fenway and what you find at Yankee Stadium, it's not all the same food. You have differences. Yeah, you have your hot dogs, but you don't have Fenway Franks at Yankee Stadium. So, you know, that's where, who knows, maybe the Red Sox get a nod because they're the home team. And it's like, no, we're going to have our friends. Right. You, know, you know, those are the unknowns <laughs> right. that we don't know. But you have that mix and you, you rely on the people in Europe, in London, to tell you. And then you create a mix. And you're not going to please everybody. But as long as the, you want to have a homey feel. Nobody wants to go somewhere and totally feel like a fish out of water. Give me some comfort of home, especially when you're in London, when you're in my home country. Right. And you've, you know, talking about that homey feel, you know, you're having to sort of put on a good show for the London crowd, but you're also trying to sell this in America as a sort of novelty event and get that mm -hmm. crowd involved as well. As someone that, I mean, I'll be watching here on TV. I'm sure you will be if you're in Boston. Yep. Um, what is something that you might be looking for while watching the game that is sort of a tell of success or even in just the aftermath of it? What do you think will be the measure just immediately? Um, maybe not in terms of just the impact of, oh, baseball's growing in Europe, but that they just ran a successful baseball game in a difficult environment. One thing I want to see as a Red Sox fan, um, and I know not all Red Sox fans actually embrace this, but I want to see the crowd singing Sweet Caroline. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things. It's Red Sox home game. Right. So don't take that away from them. Yes, it's not in Fenway, but let that happen. And um, just really, from my standpoint, would be people having a good time and people talking about it, the buzz about mm -hmm. it. Um, I happened to be teaching a class at Northeastern when... Um, the Patriots were playing, and I am a Dolphins fan, I'll just throw okay. that out there, but um, <laughs> when the Patriots played over in London, and I made a comment um, that, you know, you would have thought Belichick could have worn a normal sweatshirt. He's <laughs> in London, like they're a little more proper, yes. and he wore the cutoff sweatshirts. Well, one of the students in my class was at that game at, in London, right. and she said that they sold out. 
like they they everybody in that stadium all the brits everybody they wanted a cutoff sweatshirt <laughs> because that's how he's known right. so i think learning from though all those types of things don't don't assume certain things because you're going to europe or you're going to japan or mexico or wherever let the locals tell you what could be successful and what may not be successful or whatever and also keep some of your hominess because if it were me i would have made the comment why are we selling these Mm -hmm. and hopefully somebody would have said oh no these will be a big hit because i wouldn't have guessed they were and she's this it was a female in my class who told me oh my god everybody had them on they were (laughs) everywhere and i think that's a measure of success if you start seeing you know, people wearing Red Sox and okay, Yankees, you know, mm-hmm, jerseys mm-hmm. over in London, more so than you have those kind of things you need to use as a measure of success. It's not all the bank account. Yeah, yeah. Not, it ultimately gets <laughs> right, to the bank right, account, right. But <laughs> that is very funny and very interesting. Um, it's going to be fun to watch that balance. Uh, hopefully, the broadcast does it justice of catching the whole atmosphere and we'll see what's written and said about it uh in the aftermath but um pan that was really uh interesting perspective on it and uh, coming from not only someone that's been in the athletic um administrative roles that you have been but also just a fan getting that perspective uh really helpful so um i know i'm really looking forward to this weekend and uh, i'm sure all of red sox nation is as well so uh we'll have to stay tuned and see how it goes yeah, I guess we have to give it to the Yankees, too. They're probably looking forward to it, too. Right, right, right. We'll get a Yankees <laughs> perspective, fair. I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, enjoy the games. Yeah, thank you. You, too. This interview is part of the MarketScale Contributor Program. If you'd like to be featured as a contributor on MarketScale.com, please submit content to publications at MarketScale.com or head to our publications pages at MarketScale.com industries to see more. 